Hey guys, rabbit, rabbit, which is what you say on the first of the month. Welcome to the Life Coach Pod show. I had planned something special for today and I'm pleased to say it has happened. I have a special guest and her name is Eileen Burke Woodward and she is here to help us have some fun. I am going to skip today the current events, but I will remind you it is in fact a Wednesday. Many people are calling today March 32nd because they don't want any April Fool's jokes because we clearly have enough of those going on in real life in that we don't know what is true and what isn't. So instead, we're not going to do an April Fool's joke, but there is no reason we can't try to have some fun. And um, so first of all, for good luck, you're supposed to say rabbit, rabbit on the first of the month. There's even a longer thing you're supposed to say. Eileen, you don't know what that is, do you? Rabbit, rabbit, something, something. Nah. No. Okay. So much for the folklore portion of our show. Anyway, I want to let people know that we are, tomorrow coming up is Charlotte Smith, who is going, who is, who was a lawyer and whose parents, I still think every day probably say, wait, honey, we sent you to law school. But that was in the UK and maybe it doesn't cost anything over there. I don't know, but she's here in the United States and she's going to talk about how she made the pivot from lawyer to doing coaching, but she really focuses on people in, in the law, it, people who are lawyers who forget how to be humans. And she does something called life design. So she's going to talk to us about life design tomorrow. Seems like a good time for all of us to consider that. And then on Friday, kind of an interesting get, we're going to have Stacy Scott, who is a paranormal investigator. No, no, that doesn't mean that she's good at it and not normal. No, that means psychic should be kind of fun. I'm looking forward to that. She'll be joining us on Friday. So I hope you tune in. If we come back to today, though, Eileen and I met, I don't even know how long ago, but it feels like it was only yesterday, Eileen, just when we were wee children. Um, we met in the improv world, which is a, um, a secret passion of mine that I don't get to do very often unless my daughter will let me. <laughs> Usually she's not playing with me, which is the saddest part. Um, Eileen is brilliant and has been my teacher along the way, and I have, I have enjoyed her. We've also actually done real work together for a client in Silicon Valley, too, so she, she has chops on both sides of the, both sides of the, what, what would that be? Both career sides. Oh. But, well, yeah. So she's here today. We're going to talk about improv. I'm going to take it off share so we can actually just talk, and then we'll hopefully um, do a little bit. And if anybody on the line wants to play with us, that's possible. So that's not off the table. You can absolutely play with us, but let's, we'll get started and talk about some of the beginning. And Eileen, I'm going to stop sharing and go ahead and have you introduce yourself um, based on who you are and how you got into improv. I love your story because you even start off, can we just go back to you having a military background? Because that just kills me. It's so not, <laughs> it, it does because it's just the juxtaposition of military and you is just um, to me. You and well, your ability to be funny. Oh, well, being funny in the military is a coping mechanism. <laughs> uh, that was a long time ago. That's over 20 years ago that I got out. I, I just had, I had, I had this little warning that just came up on my screen that said, your internet is not stable. So I texted all my kids to tell them to stay off. And now I'm getting all these messages. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes. so the uh, military, I was in the Air Force just for six years. At the time, it felt like a lifetime. And now it feels like a lifetime ago. Um, but I was, yeah, I was a, they, my title was a cryptologic linguist, which sounds really special. Crypto. So you did, 
what does that mean? That's security. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, I mean, I learned a, a foreign language. They trained me. Wow. Okay. So after keeping us safe, then you, when did you discover improv? Actually, I studied or discovered improv in high school. So that's even longer ago. Wow. In the eighties. Oh, that was a reveal. Um, <laughs> that's out. Oops. I know you all thought I was in my twenties. Well, um, so yeah, when I was in high school, I first learned about improv in Seattle at unexpected productions. And it was uh, theater sports, which is, um, comes out of Canada from Keith Johnstone, who's one of the original sort of founding, founding fathers of improv. I love that it's theater sports too, because the idea of improv is that it's not, it's not where you come in and you've learned the lines. I mean, I actually tried out for a play and I thought, this is horrible. They're putting words in my mouth. I don't like this. Mm. And so it's, it's theater in that it's in front of people or the idea is to entertain, right? But it feels a lot more like a sport. Well, it depends on, I mean, it depends on how it's used. Uh, improv, it, it kind of can be used in any way in life. And theater, um, in a lot of ways, people have seen improv in the theater world. People in the theater world have seen improv. They call it the bastard child of theater. Um, of course, that's why a, I like it. Of course. It, it, well, and it's changed, though. And um, so you have all different kinds of schools of, of improv that are uh, methods that are taught. Um, I think there used to be more rivalries between them, but now I think there's a lot more um, collaboration the way it should be, I think. Because improv is really, it should be always bringing people together, in my opinion, no matter that's what you're thinking. That's why I love, I, when I started doing it, and I did it, I started it, I was over 50 when I started, but I loved, it was collaborative, it was celebratory, in that it was about having a good common experience and, and having a hell of a good time. And I think people don't realize how often sitcoms and shows you see on TV have an improv a heart or soul in there that they allow their actors sometimes to try things or they keep taping to see where someone will go once they're in character. I think the office had a lot of that where mm -hmm. the people were in yeah. character and then just were allowed to kind of riff and go with it. Yeah. And a, a lot of those performers started in improv too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, so second city, was that an improv troupe? Yeah. Second and they're still around second city. Okay. Some it's of our a, it's favorites. It's a school. Yeah. At least for our our peer group, some of our favorites came out of Second City for sure, um, back in the day, as they say. So when you when you're talking about improv, there are some fundamental rules right up front, and that, and basically those are the the rules that keep the boundaries in place, and then so you can play. That's why I think of it as a sport. There's just a few things you got to do to stay on the field, and uh, so somebody one of the kids there. No, so, it's the big it's the big kid making oh, a lot of noise. Kid. Yeah, we talk improv and here he comes. It's this sound <laughs> effects guy. He's, uh, he's awesome. Um, so the, the, if, if we think of just the basic rules of play, if you're gonna get on the team, if you're gonna get on the field, what are the rules we need to know for improv? What's the most, what are the most, few most important, important basic principles? Um, I, I think most people have heard of the principle one, which I wouldn't say, I mean, it's important is yes and. Uh, that is the idea that you, you say 
uh, either in the beginning when you're first doing improv, we train you to literally say yes, um, because we are very conditioned to often say no to anything uh, that we don't know that's coming. So it's a control thing. So we train you just literally say yes to things um, so that you are accepting whatever your scene partner has offered to you. So you say yes, and then the and is is whatever they've offered you, you're going to add to that. So a yes and would be, Eileen, your hair is very curly. Yes, and my eyebrows are too, but I straightened them. <laughs> ah, said Andy Rooney. Okay, so that's, so that, but that's the idea. It's actually a great communication skill. Anybody can use anywhere in the world because it's the idea of you've heard what someone said, you acknowledge what they said, and now you can add to it. You didn't shut them down. You didn't tell them no. You didn't argue with them. Uh, I did this with my nephew who's four, and I said, all you have to do is when I say something, you have to believe it's true. And he's like, well, this is easy. Of course, he's four. That's his whole life. But it, it, it was unbelievable how easy he, he, how easily he accepted the premise of, Yes, and instead of arguing or trying to change the reality. Right. And typically as children, you know, we're all about pretending. So as we become adults, we're not supposed to not supposed to really do that anymore. So that's part of it. We just sort of shut that down. That um but yeah, as as kids, you know, we're often encouraged to be, you know, free with our imagination. And then um we tend to squash that as we become adults like oh that's not the re that's not reality so yeah you can't don't do that that's not right what will people think which exactly. is the beauty of improv if anybody's staying at home right now these are things you can do at home with your friends with your family with your boss if you really have a secure career um so yes but you can always yes and anyone and you don't have to be you don't have to say yes and but the idea is acknowledge it and then accept it and then go forward with the story so after I say yes and what often happens next what's the for the in terms of the best way to play what what would we typically do would we um well listening is, is one of the uh, tenant really you're you're just always listening and you're not thinking ahead so that you really are able to respond in that moment and because so often we listen to people and they get a few words in and you're already formulating what you're going to say you're not really listening till they've finished saying whatever they're going to say so okay. listening that, is, that takes that's a discipline it's no, no kidding it's a discipline i have to say that's one whole portion of what they teach in coaching school is to not assume you know what the person you're coaching is going to say like really get out of the box and let the person you're talking to finish. It's not what you think. It doesn't matter what you think as the coach. Say I'm an improv, it doesn't matter what I'm thinking. I need to listen to what you're saying because you may end up dropping me in a place I would never have anticipated, mm -hmm. right? A place or a situation or a characteristic or whatever. I mean, I said the obvious thing about curly hair, that was obvious, but I could have said, your pink hair looks fantastic. Did you get that from a bottle? Yes, and it was actually a diluted bottle of ketchup. Ketchup? Oh my gosh, I usually just put that on fries, but it looks fabulous on you. 
Well, thank you. Uh, would you like some? Thank you. I would love some ketchup. This is the ultimate Zoom meeting here as we pass the ketchup back and forth. But that's a good example of I had no idea you were going to say ketchup. And once you open up the bottle of ketchup, as they say, who knows where it was going to end up going after that. I mean, here I just took the ketchup. Anything could happen now. Um, we could end up going to do a lot of people's hair or painting the house with it or eating the french fries. Who knows, right? That's, but I, the point is, I don't know where it was going to go. Who knows? So, okay, that's well, awesome. and we're And we're just making it up so it can, there's nothing, um, there's nothing to be afraid of. Let it go where it goes, you know? Like, uh, that's what, one of the things when you're teaching on stage and we like to teach, uh, you know, feelings and emotions too and there are a lot of people who will not even want to do it on stage and you have to keep reassuring them. it's like this isn't real life so it's kind of you can feel those feelings and it's here on stage and kind of have fun with it because you know it's not real life i mean you might have those feelings in real life but sometimes we'll think well i don't really like feeling sad you know but it's like it's sort of this freedom to like but this isn't real life you know you're you're just allowing um it's a it's a safe space to just uh, play and and release and uh, so it's just that like when we're playing like this it doesn't you know it doesn't matter it's just fun like you know kids do it all the time and we just don't as adults we forget uh, yeah it, it, to me for me improv was a lot about trying on different um, characters or not necessarily like you're really good at character work that's still something I need to work on. I, I think you are. I, I love it. Also, you're really good at being very body and B A W D Y and um, and outrageous, which is what always cracks me up because you you don't look like how you end up acting in improv, which I, I think is I love it about you. Um, so uh, what I have loved though is of trying on different. Like I, I'll never forget one time when I pretended to be somebody who was in a wheelchair and just trying on that persona that reality like i sat down in a chair and i just remembered i was limited now like pretend this is true what is my different perspective what is it that i hear what do i notice when i've done that shift so like you just said with emotions you can really try out something new or different with zero risk because nobody's going to judge you and of course i did it wrong i don't what do i know i'm not in a wheelchair but i could imagine what it might be like and have that and and start to get into that skin a little bit and, and see the world from a different point of view, which I love to write. So it actually helped, it, to me, it really relates to writing too, because you can just assume a character and suddenly you embody that character, as yeah, limited definitely. as it may be to your experience, but still it's a way to kind of be somebody else. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, and I know that, you know, improv is used uh, a lot, you know, with like therapists and stuff in that. I mean, role-playing is, is something that, uh, you know, it's been around a long time too, but within that context, um, it's, it can be very eye-opening for people. Um, I think it's a, it's just, yes, and it's fun, you know, I mean, it, it, it's sort of a dangerous fun, you know, like it seems like it, but it's dangerous, like, oh, I have to, I have to be a guy, or like you said, like in a wheelchair, and, you know, sometimes we're scared to do it, but if you, if you do it um, for real, you know, you're not uh, mocking the, the, the right. person, the character you're trying to embody and you just try to play it for real, then whatever you interpret is true, you know? 
you know, as long as you're authentic in what you're trying to accomplish in that character. And I think it'll, and I think, I know for me, I've played characters and I have actually it changed me, you know, like, wow, I've never, you know, I, I, I played a child who, you know, who uh, had a parent who, uh, you know, was dying right before me. It's like, wow, you know, just, I played it for real. And then I, I did experience, you know, those emotions that, you know, it's, uh, it can get really deep basically, but so a lot of improv is a lot of fun. Yeah, I was, it's interesting that you bring that up because I think that's one of the things people expect improv to be funny all the time. But the thing is, it does, I've watched it go to places that I went, ooh, that was dark or that was really hard. I mean, watching someone like that's a perfect example of like improving a parent dying. Like that is, that's hard, but it's so real and it's not necessarily funny. It doesn't have to be funny. Right. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that's a shift in general that with improv that's changed. Because back in high school, one of the reasons I got into improv was because that people said, oh, you're funny. You should do improv. So it used to really be this idea because so many funny people came out and went to Saturday Night Live and stuff like that. So it was sort of that idea that like, that's the funny school. But improv has really grown and improv really encompasses everything it's everything and anything so i think once you know uh, some of those limits have been moved you see there's some wonderful actual theater that's done uh in san francisco and la where they do full-length plays they'll do genres they'll even have costumes and, and it's all made up and it's it's absolutely it's mind-blowing to me and i've been doing this for years when i watch them i'm like wow it's just uh, amazing yeah in fact long form is all about telling a long story right but it's none of it scripted none of it rehearsed it's trusting in your partners and, and one of the things i know um that you teach is this idea of making sure that you make your partners or your other play, fellow players team members look good what is that that's mean? a tenant that's yeah. a tenant of improv um it's it's a little harder to describe but it, it is it is really, um, if you're focused, like an easy way is the person, if you've ever played with someone or even someone that you know, who's just always going kind of for the one-liner or the joke, they're playing to make themselves look good. And you probably just left your scene partner with nothing, you know, like it's just a one-liner and you just took away from whatever you were building in that scene. So it's made that more work for them and doesn't make your pursuing partner look good. So that's probably one of the more common ways um, is that, and that's, that's usually something early on that happens. People who are really new to improv because there's still that mentality of like, Oh, I gotta be funny. So that to me extends so much to the workplace because that is classic, that idea of make your partner look good. It's classic at work for somebody to try to go steal that limelight and, and want to get the, recognition and the acclaim and in fact that's not a good way to be a team player if you want to really be a good team player even if you're the leader you don't throw other people you don't ignore the other people that got brought you there you bring everybody right. with you and you share that limelight with everybody who helped make you successful which and I've seen a lot of the CYA which is um, when somebody doesn't want to make themselves look bad it's not necessarily about making their coworker or partner look bad, but because they are like, Ooh, I don't want to look bad. So they, they do something that's still just very self promoting. And then it, 
it reflects badly on the scene partner or your coworker um, because you, you're, you know, um, maybe you're caught or you would be caught in a lie. So you shifted enough. So then it makes it look like, oh no, it was my coworker who was lying. You know, something like that where yeah. it's like, it wasn't that you were intentionally trying to make them look bad, but because you were trying to make yourself look good, that made them look bad. Yeah. So. And you've definitely, anybody who's out there watching, I think uh, Drew Carey's show, probably um, What's Your Line has some of the best. Whose line is it anyway? Yeah, whose line is it anyway? Sorry. Yeah, that's it. What's Your Line? Oh, good God. I'm not even that old. Holy crap. I'm so not that old. Um, anyway, yeah. Whose line is it anyway? I think in general, I mean, here we had a bunch of egomaniacs on the stage. And yet, when you really watch, especially um, Colin and Ryan play, who clearly have played together a long time. They generally, they knew when they were poking each other. They knew when they were setting each other up. And they also did a really good job of always making each other look good. I mean, they could tell if somebody was going off the deep end, they help you bring them back or whatever it took. Right. If anybody wants to see it, um, you know, pros in action. Right. And that's definitely the, um, that's like a, a sport kind. Like there's yes. theater sports, comedy sports. And then what they do is very much a competition as well which makes it fun. And it's definitely about being funny on that show. Absolutely. It's all about being funny. Yeah. And actually there's a new, they just dropped a new season. So it's on CW. Oh, they did. Okay, great. Yeah. And you're right. That's absolutely about being funny, which is very different than, um, tell me the name of the group that's in San Francisco. I always forget. Um, uh, Bats. Uh, yeah. Rafe and those guys. Yeah. They oh, do, three for all. Three for all. The three. So they do a long form and those videos are available on YouTube as well. I think. Uh, maybe on their yeah. website, Free For All, to see if yeah. you want to see um, more drama, more story. I think what they do really well is story, right? Would you agree? They, and they do that at they do that at Bats, and they also do it at L.A. And I mean, there's other theaters certainly yeah. around the the world um, that do the same kind of, um, um, you know, where they'll do full length plays. Uh, sometimes you know they have costumes, and um, it's really just amazing you know what they do and I think what you really see is that once you know to trust your players your fellow players it becomes even easier because you know they're never going to leave you hanging they're doing their best and that this is a, in true live real-time collaboration yeah yes All that right. trust is very important is your husband still standing there no no he went outside. okay good I was going to put him to work he was going to make him improv with us do you want to try some? We don't even have, how do we get a, a prompt? You mean you and I? Yeah. Let's see if we do can try at least a discussion. Maybe we do do something on video. This is the weirdest thing ever. I usually work off your physical comedy too, because you're good. Yeah, I know it's hard. This, this world of Zoom. <laughs> that's right. The world of Zoom. But if we- Yeah, I mean, it, that's speaking to that. That's one of the- uh, where improv has helped me, I, I recognize far more quickly nowadays when I have my own resistance, you know, like as soon as they extended our shelter in place, the initial feeling was like, no, you know, <laughs> and, but immediately I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's amazing just accepting it, how much that just took stress off. You know, it's our resisting so much is what causes so much of our stress is when we're just like, I don't like this. And, then you create all this physiological uh, reaction in your body when it, if it's like the sooner you're like, oh, yep, this is happening. 
and I guess I'll be cleaning my house even better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if there's a meta theme to this series of podcasts, it's that get over what you cannot change and go with the flow, baby, Um, because that is truly our lives now. And, And it's not bad. I mean, once you let go of the fighting, then it's what can you do if you're my dog and you color your hair in half the house? So there you go. Right. You don't know. Right. But if we, let's see, we're, um, if we were uh, two. And we have a home, you know? No, I know. You know? Yeah. It's like, wow, I have, I have a nice home and this is nice. So, yeah. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. So what if our prompt is we were um, two women who uh, have to socially distance on the park bench? Kathleen, I noticed that you're actually sitting six and three quarters feet from me, and that's not necessary. The last time I checked, six feet was exactly what they were looking for. But I think after reading what my daughter sent me from the internet, I need to just be a little bit safer. You know, you never know what's going to happen these days. You really believe that three quarters of an inch will make the difference? Look, I saw it on the internet from my daughter. What is, she's the one that's been driving me nuts with her advice. I can't tell her I'm not doing everything I can. She needs me to huh. be careful. I don't know why. Well, she does have that internet degree, so she probably knows. Oh, with the internet degree, you should hear her telling me all the things I need to be doing. Wash the dishes. Oh. Wash my hands. Have you heard from your son? Oh, David. Yes. Uh, well, we talk on um, FaceTime, and he oh, uh, still he's he is still just um, working on his internet degree. So he tells me apparently it's an endless, you know, dream of his. I don't know why he can't achieve it like your your girl did, but. Um, so I still have to send him money. Well, you know, my girl is special, but your son with the money, he's always asking for the money. I don't know about him. Does it seem like he's always asking? Cause that's what I thought too. Well, first it was the internet school before that he was trying to be a professional cook. Turns out he was just working at that home for the old people. I don't know about that boy of yours. I, I know. And. You know, I wanted him, you know, he missed his opportunity with your Sally. So I, I, I know he's, all he has going for him anymore is that mustache. Oh, the mustache. Well, he does have quite the notable mustache. I've got to say, if anybody ever could sport a mustache, it's that boy of yours. He does a fabulous job with his mustache. How long is it now? Well, um... He said that the last time he unrolled, you know, the, the tips yeah. of it, and he has just the one ruler because I didn't send him money for a, a tape measure. And he said it was longer than his ruler, and he doesn't know the true length. So I guess that's my fault, too. Oh, hon. Oh, hon. Please don't take that personal. That boy in that mustache... That's, it's fine. He can measure it with the ruler. You don't need to send him a tape measure. You're doing a wonderful job as his mother. Oh, thank you, Kathleen. That's why I like 
coming to the park with you. And, uh, you know, because sometimes I feel like I'm a terrible mother and you always seem to set me straight. So thank you. Well, I'm sorry I can't hug you. Just imagine I can't hug you either, but that's okay. You, you are a good mother and I'm glad we're sitting here today. Have this time out. Yes, I would, uh, I would share my biscuit with you, but, um, well, I can't. Of course, of course. And scene. That's a good, <laughs> that was, that was hard with Zoom, but actually kind of good. I can feel you on the bench with me. Yeah. That's a good example. Does anybody on the line want to play with us? Who has, anybody have courage? I know that they don't, but I'm going to still ask. We should try um, one more, Eileen. I want to try one more. It's been so long. I've been isolated for so long and I woke up super extroverted today. So sorry, world. But um, yeah, so. Yeah, um, you get to watch us play. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, you, okay, you think of one. That was, I, I thought of the last one. I'm going to put the hard thing on you. Situation. Oh, so, okay. Uh, anything. So I kind of like the theme of just what we're dealing with. So. Um, you know, all of us being locked down. Um, how, how about uh, um, <laughs> not just so limiting? I know. Uh, <laughs> Are we gonna go really dark? But I'm not sure. I know. Yeah, we're two. We're two um, clowns getting ready to perform our Zoom circus. Okay. Okay. Two clowns. I. Uh, I'm not going to wear pants today. Oh, <laughs> homie, you, you'd want to kids come. Well, what if kids come to, to our Zoom circus? <laughs> I, I, I think that I'll just sit down the whole show. I'm, I, I, you know, it's bad enough I got to put on all this makeup for the kids, but they don't need to, I don't need to put on the pants. Well, homie, I'm looking and, well, I think you should put on something. <sighs> fine, fine. I have some big ones I can put on. It's not like the kids are going to notice. They're going to be looking at our faces. I'm trying so hard to get this makeup right, but I don't know how it's going to look on this video camera. Well, uh, we can apply a, a filter. A filter. Well, well, that's what I heard from our 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 little clown tech. He's not here. That clown tech. He drives me nuts with his orders and what we're supposed to do. I know, and he's so small. He's so small. Did they get him from the uh, the the kids that ride that those bikes in the in the big ring? Did he, is he related to those those small people? I think so. I think he is their. Um, I think he's their butler. Their butler, huh? Does that make sense? That the small bike people have a butler? I never thought about it, actually. That's funny, <laughs> it kind of makes sense to me. Now, do you, think, do you think these kids are going to understand how clowns work? I mean, this is kind of not the same. How are we going to use our physical humor? Uh, I think we have to minimize it. Minimize. It's got to be small humor, small, 
physical humor. Well, that might change how I do my makeup then. I was going to put on my red nose, but that's going to block a lot of my face. Hmm. That's a good point. So maybe it's just the tip. Ah, just the tip. Okay. Just the tip. And I'm going to put on a, I'm just going to put on a tiny hat so it stays in the frame. Oh, that's a great hat. Right? I that love that hat. You still, can still see it. And uh, I, I usually wear big, big ears, but uh, I think you're right. You've got to keep things small. Well, these giant glasses, I've been playing with these giant glasses. Do you think they're too big for my face? Yeah, they're, they're, taking up, they're taking up too much room. Okay. We need All to right. see the sadness in your eyes. Oh, goodness. Well, they're going to see the sadness from this camera thing we're doing. This is just not the same. I mean, I guess I could pass gas and cause a big, but it's not the same. <laughs> oh, me. Oh, if you do that, you just got to get right next to the mic. Oh, my God. There's nothing better than a big poop joke. The kids love it. That's funny. That, I think sometimes the big kids like it, too. Well, I think you're right. Hey, look at this. Look what happens. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. This is pretty cool. That's just, oh, I could, oh, you're just moving the camera there? Yeah. Oh, look, yours goes up to that. You can go up down. Oh, yeah, the, look. Can make it look like, uh, oh, I'm jumping. I'm jumping. I'm jumping. I'm jumping. Yeah. But I'm not really, I'm not really jumping. You're not really jumping. Oh. Oh, who needs pants? I'm telling you, I think we got this. There's no reason to wear pants. I, you just sit here and play with the camera. Oh, you're right. I'm going to take my pants off. Sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> okay, see And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I love playing with Eileen, because she's not afraid to take her pants off. Anything. You're my inspiration. <laughs> for the last. Eileen, I want to thank you for coming today and to do something lighthearted in lieu of uh, April Fool's. Again, as we're not celebrating April Fool's because it's too weird today. I am. Um, I thank you so much for coming and doing something that's definitely hard. We should. We would. This is probably fun to practice. We should set up a, a weekly practice session with some friends and just get just get our play on. Everybody, you can improv. It's totally fun. If you're afraid to do it, watch some and then give it a try. You do it with the kids, do it with your friends, do it with your coworkers. Get on, get, just open it up, say yes and, and have a good time. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have Charlotte Smith on to talk about using the now, right now, to design, for life design. And I want to thank everybody so much for tuning in. I'm glad that you were able to come today on an April Fool's Day. And Eileen, thank you again for being here. Thanks for Bye. having me. It was Bye. fun. Thanks, Eileen. Bye, everybody. Bye.